Hello. 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 So here we are, another Mother's Talking episode. Very exciting. Um, and today we were thinking we would talk about friendship. I know that for me, motherhood changed my friendships. And I think thinking along the lines of motherhood being quite transformational, generally, um, I think it definitely changes your relationships in your life, doesn't it? And I know that it's a conversation I have with lots of mums, like whether they're my doula mums or my friends or kind of around how things are changing or how you feel a bit worried about a friendship or maybe a friendship just kind of drifts away naturally over time. And I just think it's quite an interesting subject, the way it changes and how as you become a mum, some friendships just naturally, I notice some just naturally really strengthen. And I don't know if it's the relationship was strong already sometimes and they know you're kind of in need as a new mum and they just step up. Whereas I notice with other friendships, we weren't in the same place. So we just, you know, we just drifted away because I was, I was the first among my kind of group of friends, you know, and I was years, like years before them um, in terms of having a baby. I had one friend at the time who had had a baby, but she was a little bit older. But in my kind of core circle, no one had babies for years. So I was quite alone in that. And that was difficult because all my friends were working <laughs> when I was home with the baby. So, you know, the only lifeline I really had at that time was NCT. You know, that was that was the group, you know, I mean, that automatic group of friends we all pay for, <laughs> which, and everyone knows signing up. I mean, uh, the amount of times I've heard, me included, say, I didn't get that much out of the content, but I loved it to make the group of friends. And you think as well, if that's what everyone's saying, NCT really need to up their game with their content, but they do get the automatic seven or eight couples in your postcode and they do become become your lifeline. And um, and I did, you know, I found that really helpful. And I know, well, some others do and some don't. You know, I've had the opposite where people have felt really alienated in the NCT group or even ostracized because they're slightly different. So it's just, it's all a bit of a minefield, isn't it? But I just think it's... When you had your first baby, then did you have almost two lives where you had your old group of friends, where you had to be your old self with the friendships, where you continued as you had been in your 20s? And then the NCT was you put on a different mum hat. Is that what happened? Yeah, maybe. I'm I'm just trying to think how it felt. But yeah, I guess... I felt, I guess I ha- I felt I had to make space to be able to dress up and go out and have a drink. Do you know what I mean? Like, whether I felt like it or not, I suppose. As people sort of, if they know of my story a bit, they know I had really bad postnatal anxiety. So that was sort of part of my journey as well. And I think with, I find with anxiety, it's really hidden you really hide your anxiety and what's going on in your head because it's quite distressing with anxiety. You know, you have repetitive thoughts and you have intrusive thoughts and you have things 
that really disturb you in your thinking. Mm. So you hide it, right? You you kind of, you don't talk. I never, I didn't even know what it was. I honestly, I never knew what it was until I did. Like for my whole life, I had it basically, but didn't understand it. I just thought I was a bit odd. So you live with that as well. You live with this kind of shame. You think you're a bit mental and you're not. It's just, you don't know what it is. So I think I had that whole world going on anyway. Do you see what I mean? Like I had this separateness anyway because I was hiding this difficult headspace. Is that actually different to normal life? I mean, although it would have been much more intense and troublesome and burdensome for you, I'm sure, that brings us to what is the nature of friendship, which is, um, especially with women, because there's, there's friendship and then there's, how can I put this? There's a language we learn to be friends. So, so, and I think I wonder if girls do this from childhood more than boys. I know this is not fashionable to get gendery, is it? But actually, I think it's just the truth that you learn to have different versions of yourself slightly, right? So you, so you, so you have your party self or whatever. You have your. Everyone has their friend for. Don't we? This is just me, but you have a friend that you do this with, and you have a friend that you do that with, and you have different ways of being. And so that hiding thing, maybe it's more present than we think. I mean, with you, you know, deep anxiety would have been hard, a hard thing to keep under the surface. But I wonder if what happens in motherhood is we are forced to kind of let go of those languages and just be ourselves, and then because you're raw as hell and you're really thrown into the authentic what you are is you just can't keep the lid on it anymore which is probably why then you had did you have that more obviously so in the first in the first with with ed and so in a way you could apply the same rule to all even if somebody doesn't have anxiety you are thrown into the truth of yourself because you can't be anything other because your baby demands that you're you right so now your friendships get really tested because you may have been the kind of the person who was the sort of laugh doing the cocktail night out and the and the with the bezzy mate thing and the eyelashes on let's woo and now you don't feel like that you might not feel able or acceptable to go out and do that and you're almost like right date night you know not date night it's not date night is it? it's the opposite <laughs> you know that bit of you that was the fun yeah. parties might not now be valid or for me it was a completely different thing it was I suppose I'd concealed the things that were really, or rather I hadn't known what was really important to me. And I was a kind of easygoing, woo, you know, just chat along. And I suppose I was intense, but I wasn't, I was more kind of a bit mad intense. And people would just think I was a bit weird or kooky at worst, but, you know, he's just, I'm kind of easy down the pub type person. But when babies came, I became really intense. <laughs> <laughs> and everything that mattered to me really mattered to me. And I think that shocked a few friends and I didn't really fit anymore. And I, my response to that is to, I, I don't even know what you're talking about with the NCT thing because I couldn't think of anything worse, which is interesting. Isn't it? I, I, I mean, I, it's interesting to me that when I got pregnant, I went to my, I was in, the street where our local NCT teacher lived. And I was like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do. So I went and knocked on the door. I said, oh, can I sign up? Thinking it was kind of, and she just, it was like a bit laughy at me, really, because, of course, you had to do it even then via a phone call and a booking. And I was just like, can I come? 
Can I, can, no, 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 no. Can I come? And she went, oh, no, we're full. And and I was like, oh, can't be in that group then. And it was all kind of a bit like that. But it made the decision for me. And it's very me. I'm very much a loner. I'm very self-isolating in, in situations where I need to concentrate. I love being out. I love being with friends. I love to talk with friends. But in a situation where I need to really concentrate and dive deep into something new that's happened to me, I the same happened at university any big life juncture i i can't deal with relationships which is a bit weird isn't it so i i, I don't really friendships to me go in the back burner with around motherhood i i needed to go go solo which is a bit maybe i don't know if anyone would even relate to that because i agree i think your situation would be much more natural and i i am a bit of a freak like that yeah you're not a freak at all i i just think it's fascinating how it all so different like I I can be the one who's like, yeah, yeah, you know, really is going, really is going. But I'm really intense about my friends. But I don't think they know it, if you know what I mean. Like, I care so deeply and so much about them that I get myself in a real tiz. You know, I'm super sensitive. If they don't reply to a WhatsApp for a few days, I'm like, what have I done? you know, I've done something or they don't love me anymore. And I take it as rejection. Like, and this still happens now all the time. <laughs> so yeah. my friends who are listening, keep start WhatsApping me back. But I would never say to them, I would never say to them, like I would never, and not because I don't mind being vulnerable. I would just feel like a bit of a dick if I was like, why have you WhatsApp me? But I do, I just, I don't have loads of friends, but the ones in my life are like, I love you, <laughs> you know, like I'm just really, I love you. If you're in my group, you're in, that's it. Like you've got my heart. So then you also have to have the responsibility of that. That can be easily hurt, you know? So I think that's why when motherhood happened and friendships did change, I found it really difficult because I was so committed to them. And I think I am a bit of a natural giver, you know, I'll, I'll drive to see you for an hour because I, you know, I want to make the effort. I'm the one that will drive or get that train to somewhere or go there. You know, I'm always that person. And I think when I became a mum, I needed some of that back. Finally, I needed someone to make the effort for me. Do you know what I mean? Like realize I was in a new situation and realize I needed a bit of tender, loving care. And, and lots of people didn't bother. <laughs> You know, they just didn't. And then I always remember my like my uni bestie, who is like my ride or die and always has been. And every situation I get myself into, she's always around. I can remember vividly a few of the days she would just turn up on my doorstep and she would just muck in, you know, and she would have brought food and she would look after the kids and she would just like heal my sort of, aching mind and my worried heart and you know she would literally just pick me up on the floor but off the floor but she didn't know she was doing that she just thought she was rocking up and being herself like she always is but I was in such a like oh my god you know I'm really struggling here so when someone with the right kind of friendships shows up on your doorstep it's just so immensely powerful you know you never forget it is it not? It's not just what she's doing. It sounds like because I was about to ask you, what do you get out of those close friendships? What is it that you draw? And that sounds really specific and obvious, but actually, as a bit of loner, it's really interesting. But I mean, I get 
I know what friendships mean to me and they're very, very important, but I can really see you mean it. And so I was going <laughs> to ask you, what I was going to say, when she comes around, she does those things. Isn't it that you were, despite the fact that her cooking some food or doing the practicals, really what she's giving you is the chance to be utterly yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, completely. And she's probably one of the only people in my life and you that when I'm talking to them, I'm completely unfiltered, unedited. It's from like deep in my belly. It's just me, you know, and I don't consciously edit or filter, but I know when I'm around certain people, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, and I don't do it around you. That's why I love our conversation so much. Like you just fire off things in my brain and I go with them and I don't question where I'm going. And I, I know it's that responsiveness of, I, I know you, I got, I, it's like, it's reciprocal. It's the connection. I know that you care about me and you're not going to judge me. Whatever I tell you is zero judgment. It's safety, isn't it? Yeah. It's complete safety. And that's really really powerful and that's probably what I get from it I get that kind of freedom right freedom in a friendship to just be me and not worry about being perfect or worry about I have to tick a box to be your friend you know oh I didn't do that or say that or you know and now you're going to judge me or desert me how sad is it it's it's well first of all when we enter motherhood that is exactly why friendships you know are such a come hit a turning point a juncture in the road because as we just said you you need more safety because you've got to be more held and you're more you're more you're more vulnerable and you're more potentially either more defended or not defended because if you're used to putting a bit of a front on really you haven't got the space or energy to keep doing that or I don't mean a front because we can have really good friendships and still be not quite ourselves can't we you know what I mean yeah they can have a beer just one of those like party laugh type friendships or you get the intimate ones even even the ones this is what fascinates me where you have this great intimacy and you feel you're revealing your soul I think women are so nuanced and so emotionally clever at only revealing the bits they think are acceptable but you can even have that sharing friendship where you really are I I remember when I used to have all my love woes you know I I would be absolutely in pieces and and you know we used to work in this in this office and this dear friend who's still my dear friend used to come and literally, because she could see that the boss was going to see that my face was down in the keyboard mm. and I couldn't even lift my head up because I was trying to silently sob. <laughs> and she would come like your friend. She would slide her in those days, Gold Blend, Nescafe or whatever, <laughs> endless, endless instant coffees. She'd come and slide as an excuse to just kind of put her hand on my back. Oh. would understand absolutely without any conversation at all, my great, my, my sort of feeling of, it was like sickness. I was just sick with, with unrequited love, something. 
And actually, I knew her not very well. She was just an office. She was somebody I met in my first experience of, of work. And she was quite a bit older than me. And we had no shared background. We had no shared history. Uh, we're completely different backgrounds. She's from Manchester, you know, but really different. And yet I felt so safe. And I could literally felt, and going back to your point, the unjudged thing, that I was to be so pathetic in the face of, what I was going through and it really was she could sort of hold me but then I would have another friend who I equally do love but I would be more there's do you know what I mean by you are being vulnerable but you're still editing yeah and and the thing is is that when you hit motherhood there's like there's not really any space for that um to do the sort of partial reveal mm. <laughs> you know what I mean and also the point we've not we haven't got to is because you've suddenly woken up to this new value system of what matters to you very quickly. Well, first of all, you're unsure whether your friend is going to agree with you. And if you aren't fully confident in their lack of judgment of you and you're, judge, you know, and you're not judging them, mm. you've got to be really safe to be able to say, but this really matters to me. Mm. Uh, that really matters to them. Find it and not there to be no discussion of, of that. But you're just totally safe in your own upholding of what's important to you and when that works there's nothing like it but if 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 you haven't got that it's not it's not a condemnation of of the friendship or the other person or yourself it's just very hard to be safe because you you fit we're all basically we're all so kind don't we so basically we don't want that person to feel judged by something really mattering to us i don't want them to think that i think yeah. they're just wrong I don't I think it's valid for them but if we haven't actually got to that point in the friendship where we can let make that honored and make that open so I had one friend um, who was my oldest friend um the only the first friend met we met at nine and she is one of those people like you like your friend but I just I just know no matter what's happened how I know she doesn't judge me is she even judges me this is gonna sound hilarious this is so women isn't it it's precisely because she says, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Uh, that I feel safe. Yeah. <laughs> because she's totally true. She's yeah. like, why are you breastfeeding? That is disgusting. She's literally <laughs> saying that. She's, <laughs> she, so you can understand how truthful it is. It's the honesty. It's the yeah. safety to be honest, isn't it? Yeah. That's I don't feel judged at all. And she doesn't feel judged by me because it sits on a different platform. The friendship sits on what you said earlier that love and safety and you just don't even think about that stuff whereas almost the people who I shared more common ground in my 20 something self I had less I was felt, I felt less safe oddly do you know what I mean because because me and, and this friend we don't there's a lot that we, if you saw us you would have you have very different ways of living mm. but they, that saved us you know, because she because it meant that we could just be free, completely free. You know, wasn't even expecting her to think the, the same as me about. I didn't have to. I didn't need her to shore me up, and she I, she doesn't need me to shore her up. You know, we just care about each other, and that's a whole other level of friendship, isn't it? And it's 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 kind of the ones that get you through. And it doesn't mean the other the other friendships aren't hugely valuable, but they do start to kind of. Um, fall on slightly tricky ground at periods don't they like you know I'm thinking of you know like, like I mean and, and childbirth is just the first you know obviously I'm a sort of 
natural, you know, I, I didn't know I was going to go down this track, but it immediately throws up a bit of an issue because you you look like you're on a bit of a mission. Mm. You know, of course, you get labelled with the hippie words where I wasn't particularly seen as that before, but children. I was suddenly, I was thrown into that category of, oh, you're one of those, like a crunchy mum sort of thing. And, and, I, and actually even good friends hadn't really seen me as that because I was a bit of an out in Soho type. You know, I'm you know, not I'm I'm not that type. And yet suddenly that really mattered to me. There's no way I would have gone, you know. But it just opens you up, doesn't it? I mean, you can't have a baby without kind of just I don't know, your inside, and I mean insides in terms of soul, <laughs> like explode and change and for a while you don't even know who that is. But whatever matters has a way of finding its way out, doesn't it? And I think sometimes what I find interesting about friendship, I was just thinking while you were talking then, is this idea of safety. But I was trying to think, why don't I feel safe in some friendships? Like, because if they're behaving like a really amazing friend and I'm being an amazing friend to them, but there's still, like you said, some filtering, some something doesn't quite connect. And I was thinking... I think it's when I sense someone isn't completely being their authentic self. Do you see what I mean? Like, I know when I speak to you, <laughs> we're just letting it all hang out. You know, we are just being ourselves. And that's, that is that level of safety. And then there's some friendships that even though they're so good on paper, I still wouldn't share certain things. And I think it's it's like maybe they haven't made that step of vulnerability or something to you know in the same way. I feel I, I can't explain it. I feel it sometimes. It's like some people I feel super connected to, and some there's like this. I don't know. It's not it's not competition, but it's there's a a, a gentle rivalry, or you know sometimes you get that feeling with people and you can't put your finger on it. And I think. That is really interesting as well. And I think, like you said, when you become a mum, there's just less bullshit, isn't there? There's less space. There's less time. So <laughs> you can't invest in friendships like you used to. Like the things like the effort I used to make for peripheral friends, you know, was amazing. And it's just got the, you know, the size of my friendships have got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And COVID just eradicated quite a few friendships because it was like, what's important? Let's, and I was just seeing the people I was seeing, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't spreading far afield and stuff. Um, Do you think also as well, um, and maybe it was just me, but obviously I think a lot of female friendships depend on conversation and talking and then children stop you talking. So, because <laughs> you can't really finish a conversation. So you have to sort of start feeling more rather than talking and using mm -hmm. the talk talk can often cover things up because you can just chit chat and catch up and all that stuff and you know you remember they sort of you know, think of oneself 25 you you go out and you rehearse that particular month's um weeks dilemmas and dramas don't you and you just you you, you do the card you chew the card and it just fills the air and sometimes it's just nonsense and sometimes it's really lovely and it just you know it, and you don't really think about it too much but the, then when you don't and are unable to cover that ground because the baby's on you then off you then you've got to get up get down go and you never finish a conversation 
it's like you have to hit a whole new level of close mm-hmm. you know, to, to communicate in a different way, which is more like moving around each other, just enjoying each other's company, a bit like, you know. Yeah, it is just company, isn't it? Sometimes it's literally company because you're not going to get the conversation. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. You notice if you walk away from that, feeling energized or drained, you know, despite what happened, despite the chaos, despite all the kids clawing at you, despite every time you opened your mouth, you got interrupted. There's still friends I have. We do all that chaos together and you walk away and you feel uplifted because you saw them. And that was, you know, it was their energy and that, that just company and it worked and it gave you something. And then sometimes you walk away from situations like that and you just feel flat and like, Oh, that was really hard work. (laughs) Um, and I would say, I mean, maybe I'm being contentious, but I would say it isn't for what it sounds like you're saying, there are some people who, who won't reveal themselves. But I would say, certainly for me, it's more of a treatise that both partners have agreed on, um, where both people are not revealing something. And it's a it's a habitual, um, it's a habit that people will have got in, certain relationships are in, hmm. not because that person is unable to re- to be vulnerable or but more that you're you become a certain self don't you with certain people I'm, I'm trying to sort of lessen the burden to be always honest because sometimes we we are held in for a reason and th- those people I'm thinking of that may be more guarded and defended which then and my point is triggers me to be more guarded and defended um is usually something to do with parents and going back in time that isn't to do with us or each other is to do with a habit of self and background and history and family patterning where and you get into that habit the children make you work for more from instinct. I was thinking of the definition of instinct is knowing what's important to you and making that a priority. It's like it's like your body's leading you to things become very important to you. And so the problem is, I think if one can be honest, if we could all just simply in friendships just allow everybody's different feelings of value and importance around things, just be unchallenged you know i don't know why we get kind of caught up in having to be the same about things you know and and i and i if that could just be allowed to breathe i think sometimes those tensions around you know friendships as you say fading away or not fading away that doesn't need to happen necessarily if you could just everyone could just not feel challenged but i suppose maybe i'm being a hypocrite because like one of my like my best mum friend from nct who we're still friends now like 11 years on, and we're really different parents, you know? Like, she's much stricter than me, <laughs> and she would, you know, quite... Her having for me to say that, she knows that. But I think what's lovely about when you do stay open in that kind of sense is I I totally learn from her, and I remember I got a bit more boundaried watching her mother, and I think she got a bit freer and more relaxed watching me mother. And it's such a beautiful exchange, you know, if you are open to differences and different kinds of people, and, you, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of good there. And I think, again, that's another gorgeous thing about motherhood. It does open you up, because like you said, something connects like you said you got super passionate about certain things that would have opened up a whole new world of you know that those people that were also interested in that 
which maybe you weren't connected to before or that that's definitely happened but also to say that you learn to be quiet there's a way of being quiet about your passions without having to feel buttoned up and censored so my point is is that you can start I think as women we're so used to maybe share 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 you know like oh I felt this I felt this I felt this maybe it's just me but you know you sort of have that common ground as you're as you're joining thing and then what happens you have a baby you then realize maybe you don't feel the same as that person they don't feel the same like the strict thing so the strict thing um but you don't need to talk about that not in a not in a withheld way but just allowing it to be like the way I mean I know that again going to the men women thing it's not supposed to be but that I find that's what men do quite naturally you know when they're sort of you know, communing over a snooker game or a football game or just going out for a pint or something, it, you don't have to feel the same about everything. Mm-hmm. And that, and not, and not talking about it, you're right, I have developed some amazing, like, like our friendship, because we care about the same things, it, it becomes a huge new source of great chat and passion and it's amazing. And I end up with these relationships that I'm not talking like this with people from my past but that also doesn't matter just I mean you don't have to share on everything and that was what was what I was meaning is that around the world things that are happening you know I am self-confessed how do I even coin it it's a really good experiment in trying to explain myself I there's lots of things that really matter to me about agency and about the human being not being put into a passive receiving box where life is handed to you I I can't even put it into words why I'm so offended by that and I realize most people don't seem to care you know shortcuts shock me I don't like the way the world is technologically the way everything is about as I heard on the program this morning disburdening you from the job of ordinary life it's like everything is about to make things now that is I'm very alone in that nobody seems to care and so I. But, what, but what's beautiful about you is you can have that difference of opinion. Obviously, we all can, right? But then you and me could talk about that. You wouldn't be judging me, and we could have an open, curious conversation about. So why do you think it's okay, and why don't you? And we could go into that dialogue without offending each other, but just being interested and open and like, oh yeah, well, I, you know, that's just different. But why is that? Let's think why, because that's the, that's the core of friendship, isn't it? That's it's having a different opinion. I mean, okay, so it's not the core of friendship; it's the core of female friendship. It comes is this sense that you've got to be have have. Um, maybe I'm wrong in this, but am I right? Do you think? I mean, basically, I think that there's a sense in female friendship where you 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 have to have a lot of common ground, and and the thing Definitely, is, and you have to agree with each other and placate each other. I mean, when I think of Andy and his friends. They are so straight talking. If there is bullshit going on, they are calling it immediately to each other. You know, when you hear how boys talk to each other, they just go, what are you doing? Like, you idiot. Or, And I'm like, oh, a girl would never talk like that to her friend. She would never, like, really, really call her out in that direct way without any offence or any kind of hurt. It's, I think female friendships are much more complicated. They're much, you know, there's... And you do get the odd one that feels really straightforward, but they're rare. I mean, I see Mabel growing up in her little girl gang. And I mean, the eight-year-old chat is just amazing listening to them. <laughs> but when the, And they call it a girl gang and they talk about their girls, you know, and the relationships. And it's, oh my God, it's just mind-blowing. But you can see the overall arching is let's get along, let's do what the other one wants. Rather yes. than 
let's do what we want and talk about it and negotiate it. It's just kind of like, oh, well, she wants to do that, so let's all do it. And apparently that's why they split because her kind of core gang got split this year. They they rotate, like, muddle up the classes every couple of years. And they literally direct hit her seven girls, which are all really close, four in one class, three in the other. And they said they do that on purpose because they get in that world where they have to all do the same thing. And it, mm. it's important to break free from that. And like, and I get it. Like, you know, it's it's mutually confirming, isn't it? Everybody, we sort of get into this habit of mutually confirming and not feeling confident in in and and coming back to the motherhood point is that you're thrown into this probably much more individual situation where it'd be quite hard to agree on everything and and you have to get comfortable with that quickly and that and that's why it really does as point of this podcast is is it it does throw up challenges but it's interesting isn't it because you brought this up to talk about this and i i immediately went into this kind of oh friendships i haven't even thought about that but you're absolutely right it is really sensitive isn't it and um and revealing about things and i think they do they change all the time through motherhood. Like, I mean, my, my, one of my best mates said to me recently, she said, we've always kind of been in the same place, even when we haven't. And I think she meant like emotionally, we'd be going through something difficult. So we would support each other along and then we'd have a easier time. And then we'd be going, cause we've followed a completely different path and you know, how many kids married or not, you know, all that kind of, it's all completely different. And, but we seem to always somehow stay close you know through that even though we were living at one point we were living really different lives for years but we we made that effort and yeah I find it really you know, you go on your holidays with all your friends I mean I often let me tell me what do you do when, when you're with your friends like what do you do now where do you go and do, is, is that holiday that, that you go because you're on a holiday every year with the friends don't you say yeah. well, well that's just yeah one of the one of the groups, but yeah, we go camping and we all go together. And what do we do when we're there? Nothing. We talk. We talk and bum around and go to the beach and, you know, drink cider and <laughs> but just loads of chat. I mean, women love to chat. <laughs> I mean, that's why this is mother's talking. Because we love to chat. But you know, we that's how our brains work. And I've tried to explain this to Andy in the past, because when I'm tired. I get extra talky. Like that's my tired side. I get really hyperdrive chatty. And he's like, oh my God, you're so tired, aren't you? But I I learned this weirdly from Mark Harris, you know, the male midwife guy who did Men Love and Birth. I learned this from one of his podcasts. And he said, like women, when we speak, we are figuring stuff out and it massively boosts our oxytocin. But when men fix that is what massively boosts their oxytocin. So this is why we get this huge clash because women just want to talk and talk it out, talk it out, talk it out. You know what we're like. We don't want any answers. We just want to talk it and talk it and talk it through. And they're kind of like, I'm done on the first you know, five minutes. Let's fix this now. Let's find a solution. And you get that clash because you're like, don't fix me. I don't want a solution. But it really boosts our oxytocin. So I think that's why women get together and chat, 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 because that's what yeah. we need. We're processing and figuring stuff out, but we're just different in that we don't need an end goal, do we? Yeah. I don't know where I'm going. I, I think as I'm getting older, I wonder what will, whether one ends up like the, you know, the crone phase of, of womanhood is like you sort of, supposed to get I mean aren't we supposed to sort of be 
gathering around the fire. I don't know. Mm. I wonder if that will, you know, like be, I'd like to think that. Um, I think that does happen though, because my gran is like that. <laughs> She's like the queen bee at her, her place. So she moved there when my granddad died about 25 years ago. And of course it was mostly women because, you know, men tend to die first, none the generalization, but that's what you see in nursing homes and stuff. And she just loves it. She had like a second lease of life. It was like a uni halls or something. You know, they had their central area. They were local to town. They could go out together. They would sit downstairs and bingo night and fish and chip night and movie night. And and they love it now. And they're in and out of each other's places all the time. And yeah, real friendship. Great, great gift of the, of the way one connects, thinking of Mabel at one end and your granny at the other, yeah. is there instantaneous I mean again we're talking generally but I think it, it would make sense end of life so, sorry let me go to where I'm thinking now right so because of I don't know where I'm at at the moment and like you say through our work we suddenly meet people we bond with there's a woman I've just become very connected with who I don't know in the slightest know anything about her background she's a homeopath I find her fascinating and she just really speaks to me and yet I wouldn't you know we'll probably never meet socially but it's that we can just drop into this thing of talking about health and emotions for example right mm-hmm. and so I could imagine that as you get older it comes in very handy because when you haven't got a big back you, know, you I don't know you're getting older people are dying the loved ones are dying you can very instantly make a friendship based on that very that fascination for each other's take on things in that sense I would say that's a very female thing to whereas I find maybe men need more of a run-up or something or, or more of a you yeah. know the idea that it is a bit more on the surface I mean I actually think also men do go deep and they're doing the surface thing in 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 the obvious first instance but mm-hmm. that ability to just find if you get that connection with a woman and you find what she's saying chimes you just off aren't you, you just off on one like mm-hmm. we are yeah and I imagine as one gets older that's quite useful you know because you can just connect up and and find it's like that. being like intellectually turned on, isn't it? That's yeah. what, that's what yeah. I think after we chat. I'm like, yeah. it's such a weird thing to say, but you do, yeah. you turn me on in, in the brain. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah. you fire oh, me up yeah. and I'm going, thinking yeah. about stuff. And, yeah. and that is so lovely in a friendship. But I think there's also this strange like element of friendship when, and me and my friends have discussed this before, when we have a friend that our friends just don't get why we're friends. Do you know what I mean? Like they, you know, when like, like me and my best friend have talked about this and she might have a friend. I'm like, why are you friends with her? <laughs> I've got a friend and she's like, why are you friends with her? And we, and cause we're like, but we're so connected and similar. How can you be friends with someone that I just that? don't get? I've got this like really loose theory that I always <laughs> talk about. And I think of it like, like proms, right? So like, say you had, like 50 prongs each, you know, of interest and all sorts of different things. And whereas your best friend, like maybe you connect with all 50, right? You know, they're just all so firing up. It's all like, and then, you know, that friend that they don't get connects with like one of your prongs, but it's, you know, it's an important prong and it really connects and speaks with you. But she, you know, maybe she doesn't have that prong or it's not enough, you know, and it's like, I don't know. I just think of friendship like that. Yeah. And that's why you have all kinds of different friendships because part, different yeah. parts we connect with different people. So, like a circuit board, like a uh-huh. circuit board, like prongs. Like I, I would imagine, yeah, it's like certain bits, the light fires up 
Yeah. And it might not be so bored, but it doesn't matter because it's still glowing, isn't it? I, I, I really relate to that. And it was lovely to speak about it because it's not something I would have, have, have thought of at all, really. It's funny. It's made me, it's forced me to go to think about it. And I love the idea of thinking of the little, right from Mabel. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I haven't spoken about my girls, but I can really see they're both completely different personalities than one is just she got to university and she just she dove in and she was just instantly did that thing that you probably shouldn't do in the first week which is just everybody was her friend and she oh it's great and then you just knew like a month later she was like oh I'm not sure actually and then she's sort of stuck you know and my other daughter is completely the opposite and really kind of careful and cautious about forming but so um everybody's different aren't they but it's it's funny Anyway, always lovely to chat. See you soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.